Hey fam, Darren here, just jumping on. Wanted to give you some, some definition around why. Why did we decide to come up with a podcast called The Miami Voice? Why is it important for us to raise the volume of unfiltered, unadulterated, raw truth from voices in the community to speak to these issues, these current events, these current problems that have seemed to plague our society? Why is that? Why is that even an issue? Why is that even a thing at this point? Well, I believe, we believe, as I've got with our, our leaders here at Calvary Chapel, North Miami, our elders, uh, we've prayed and we've sought the Lord. Uh, we determined that the church has to have a louder voice when it comes to these issues such as racial inequality, civil unrest. And so in light of current events, of course, with the George Floyd death taking place and the the issues around law enforcement and the possible reform and defunding and all the the nuances that have kind of come to surface we know that racism is a sin issue and so we determined that as a church we want to implement more intentional and viable systems within our discipleship our discipleship infrastructure to help raise awareness but to not just pray when it comes to these issues of racism and civil unrest and social justice, but to act. And one of the actions is actively engaging the streets to literally step out of the comfort zone, step out of the four walls of the church and step into the community, go into the raw spaces and places within Miami Gardens that others may not be willing to go. And that's not to uh, sound dogmatic about other church pastors, perhaps there's other church pastors that are actively engaging the community and they may not be publishing it in terms of content or on a podcast. And so if you're out there and you're doing this, man, shouts out, brother pastor, uh, I'm with you, I'm behind you, uh, much love to you. But we thought that this would be something different, something that would extend beyond the four walls of the church, again, giving voice to just regular common folk that traverse into the barbershops, the local restaurants, the local mom and pop stores that are indigenous to Miami Gardens that speak specifically and contextually to the heart of Miami Gardens. And so we're not against going out and having conversations with civic officials. As a matter of fact, that would be a a great opportunity and that will probably be a point of emphasis at some point in the future. But what we do want to do again is capture and raise the volume of un- adulterated, real and raw truth as to what's happening in the community. Does that mean that we're going to stand in agreement with everything that everyone says on this podcast? Probably not. But we do want to capture real and raw content so that we can start with the truth or at least what our indigenous common folk believe to be a truth, to believe to be a, an issue and then try to build from there. At minimum, if nothing else, It would be amazing for the community to see the local church out into the streets, engaging and developing content that helps to bring about some type of change. It would help me as a pastor, if nothing else, to at least know how to build my sermons around what's taking place in the context to be able to speak to the real and raw pain that's happening in our streets in our urban ethnic context, to be able to help people see how the gospel redeems and informs these issues. And so that's truly the heart. Oftentimes, as a church, we tend to create programs and we tend to create infrastructure for people that 
we hardly ever engage. And so we just make the assumption or we come with the presumptuous mindset that our programs for marriage and our programs for sexual purity uh, and holiness and all of these different programs that we have uh, are just this cookie cutter, one size fits all opportunity. And we can get everybody to the church or everybody to our conference. But the reality is not often enough does the church go out into the community to contextualize ministry to, I would say, even exegete the community. We exegete texts so like as a pastor to exegete a text, that means that you would simply um, examine, evaluate, um, look at the, the history, the genre, the audience that the author in the scripture is, is addressing. And so you, you take that content and then you're able to merge it into modern day times and help it apply uh, to your people. And so in the same way, how do we take the content of our context, our community, and use that? to then create programs and create discipleship infrastructure around what would really bring about true change. How do we create an outreach program that really speaks to the needs of the community when it comes to several different issues, such as racism? Obviously, that's the hot topic right now, but even black on black crime and gun violence, uh, these things uh, such as um, how the church has possibly failed. I'm not saying the church has failed, but could we ask the question, could the church be humble enough to say, how might we have done better when it comes to raising the volume or speaking out against systemic racism and so forth and police brutality? How could the church do better to build a bridge between the community and our local policemen? Listen, I'm, a, I'm an ex-law enforcement officer, 10 years. I come from a pedigree of law enforcement. So I am behind and love and respect our law enforcement. But could we start to think about police reform and better training and so forth? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so how do we have these conversations without necessarily throwing the baby out with the bathwater on all fronts? That's whether it be with law enforcement or any other issue. How do we try to meet somewhere in the middle and how do we engage with one another by way of the truth of the scripture, but also being a voice that's willing to listen? And so I'm going to ask simple questions and just listen. I'm going to be slow to speak and quick to hear. The most speaking that I'm going to try to do, and this is going to be a challenge for me, is just to ask the questions and maybe weigh in with some commentary. But you're going to hear several questions around these issues. And again, when I say speaking to the black on black crime and the gun violence in our Miami Gardens neighborhood, that is not to demonize uh, Miami Gardens. That is not to deflect from the major issue that is is really brewing right now around, again, racism uh, and even some of the issues of police brutality. I do not want to deflect from that. I understand that the current issue at stake right now is centered around racism. I also want to make it clear that our church will indeed and emphatically shout these words, black lives matter. Now, let me delineate. When we say that as a church, we mean that from an ideological and theological perspective, in other words, black lives matter because all black lives were created in the image of God. And in this instance, there are black lives that are being assaulted and they're at stake. Now, does that not mean that all lives matter? No, we know that all lives matter, but we don't want to deflect from the issue at hand right now. If you walk into a neighborhood, I love this illustration. It's not mine, but I saw it and I'm going to use it. You walk into a neighborhood and there's a house on fire. All the houses in the neighborhood have amazing value, amazing value. They're all important, but the house on fire needs the most attention. 
Jesus Christ in Luke leaves the 99, goes to the one because the one is in imminent danger. Doesn't mean he cares any less about the 99. It simply suggests that all lives do matter, no doubt. But right now, we need to focus on the issue at hand, which is black lives. And we don't want to deflect from that. Now, we don't stand with. As a matter of fact, I diametrically disapprove of the Black Lives Matter entity. The entity? What do you mean? Well, the organization. And that is not to demonize them. That is just to simply take a stand and draw a line in the sand just to say that I do not theologically believe in some of the things that they stand for. They have different values, different things that they want to emphasize above and beyond what I believe the Bible tells us to stand for. And so I will not subscribe to or espouse the Black Lives Matter entity or the movement, so to speak. But I do believe that black lives emphatically do indeed matter. And so we're going to deal with these issues. We're going to dig into these issues. Again, we're going to go into the common places and the common spaces with local people who know the community, love the community, have a heart for the community. And we just want to simply be the church. Again, we don't want to take so much time and energy just creating conferences. And there's nothing wrong with conferences. But if I can be very raw and frank, and again, this may sound somewhat dogmatic, but I just want to be real. There are local pastors within the community, this community at large, that have an overemphasis on conferences where you can bring in big name pastors that are not from the community, but they've got a a platform and they put them on these flyers and they draw or hope to draw other church, church folks into the building for a conference. And ultimately it's it's a spiritual, help me feel good, anthropomorphic type experience. What do I mean? That's a big word. Anthropomorphic. Um, better yet, I'm sorry, correction. Anthropocentrism. In other words, it is all about me. And so we're going to draw in these big time, big name, big platform pastors that are going to preach a message that are going to help me feel good. They're going to help me feel good about myself and my well-being. So that's what it means to be anthropocentric. And so we've got these conferences and these pastors that are effectively pushing this narrative that, you know, if you if you sow enough seed, you'll be blessed. If you have enough faith, you'll be blessed and your life will be good. And that's actually antithetical to what the gospel teaches, to what scripture teaches. Scripture teaches us that we will suffer and that we will have hardships. My hope and my aim is to engage the community, to bring about awareness to these hardships, but also to let people know in the community that the church does care. And we're not just going to throw out these conferences and have big name pastors parachuting in to make you feel good about yourself and to sell you a false narrative or a false gospel. We want to bring the true gospel to the streets. But here's the deal. I have to, at least as a pastor, let you know that I care about your well-being right where you are before you respect me enough to even speak into your spiritual being. So in other words, you may not even be a believer listening to this podcast and simply hear the content of a pastor that's just sitting in a barbershop or sitting in a restaurant talking to a common indigenous individual from the community about what's going on in their life and really just trying to meet that physical need and just really engaging and hearing their heart. And then ultimately building a bridge into their life, achieving enough relational equity where I can at least speak to the spiritual uh, aspect. But this, con- this, this podcast is ultimately trying to achieve one major goal, and that's to raise the volume as to what's happening in our community so that we can have greater unity. It's, it's here to build a bridge, to build a bridge between the people and the church, law enforcement and the community, 
trying to eradicate racism, try to speak to the tough issues that are elephants in the room, such as black and black crime, and figure out how can we all together collectively move toward a solution, move toward change, and how can the church be a catalyst to that? It's time for the church to be the leading voice. We can no longer let culture define how the world around us should operate. It was once said we ought to live kingdom down and not culture up. And so at what point does the church take its place in the community and really start to help families and individuals in our context understand and embrace and see the value of kingdom principles so that we can, we can actually pray the prayer that kingdom come and mean it and actually achieve it because we're putting feet to the ground and getting into the crux of our context to change the culture. So hopefully that answers why the Miami voice. I love you. Jesus Christ loves you so much more.